We want to welcome all of you who are watching online and also here in person with us today. Um, we are beginning a brand new series today called Stretch, all right? It's called Stretch. And um, in this series, um, I'm really excited about it because it's, it's not just a series about stretching you, but specifically stretching your capacity for God, okay? More of Jesus in your life. So listen, uh, throughout this series, you're not going to want to miss a week, okay? You're not going to want to miss any week. Um, you're going to want to take notes, okay? If you're watching online, I want to encourage you um, to comment uh, with things that are meaningful to you, notes that might hit home and impact you. But you're going to want to do that. But more importantly, you're going to want to apply what you learn, okay? You're going to want to actually do it, all right? Apply what you learn because it won't just stretch you and, and, and change you, but it will increase uh, the capacity for God in your life, your capacity for God, more of Jesus. So many of you know I've got five kids and my oldest is now uh, old enough to do dishes, all right? Hallelujah, right, right, right? You know, the Bible always said, you know, children were a blessing, you know, from the Lord. So, uh, so she's old enough now to do dishes and she's been doing dishes for a while now. It's, it's going great. She's doing a great job. Um, but, um, but recently she was doing the dishes. You know, we're hanging out in the living room with the family, just doing whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden we hear a crash and shattering sound come from the kitchen. And yes, there was a dish that broke, all right? A broken dish. So I go into like this dad survival mode. It's very intense, okay? It's like, freeze, nobody move. I will save us from this disaster, right? Like, like steer clear from the broken pieces. So, you know, of course, that's really exaggerated, but, but that's how I am. And all of a sudden, I go and I, I pick up all the broken pieces and, and I sweep them up and make sure every, I'm looking for any more broken pieces everywhere on the floor. And, and I sweep it up and, and I throw it away. No harm done, right? Everything's good now. Well, here's the thing. In our culture, um, when, when things break, we, we throw them away and, or, or discard them. They're, they're, and we move on. No harm done, right? Um, no questions asked. And we, we really have uh, in our culture this, this, this throwaway culture that we all accept. No big deal. So when something breaks, we toss it. If something's broken, why would we keep it around, all right? Get rid of it. Uh, it's really not good to keep broken things. They're, they don't have a purpose. They're useless. And so we, we throw them out. Uh, at least that's what, that's what most of us think. In, in Jesus' day, um, when you look at the life of Jesus, um, he spent a significant amount of time with the broken. And he focused on helping change the way people think about God and others uh, with this idea in particular. So you would, you'll hear things in the Gospels, you'll hear, hear things like, um, you, you heard it was said, and then, and then Jesus will change the wrong way of thinking and the wrong way of, of living. Many of the people in Jesus' day, and the spiritual leaders especially, um, made the focus all about the outside. Uh, you need to have it all together, right? You need to show like all is good, right? All is well with your soul, right? You have to keep up good appearances. And, and Jesus goes, no, 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 listen, listen. It's what's on the inside that matters. Because what's on the inside will eventually come out. Now listen, you, 
if you're watching online, listen, you, you may not believe this, but in this culture, they created, in Jesus' day, they created um, an environment in the temple, uh, the house of God, that is, okay, uh, where, where certain people just didn't feel welcome. They just didn't. And I know that, you know, that's hard for us to imagine today, right? That, that people wouldn't feel welcome in the house of God, right? But people didn't feel good enough. Uh, they made things like the way people dress to be a measure of someone's spiritual depth. Um, they were uncomfortable with the way people would express their worship. You know, Lord, I need. Oh, dude, calm down, bro. Dude, is that a, is that a left hand and right hand raise? Like, whoa, bro. Right? Chill, right? They, they, they didn't really like it. it made him uncomfortable. It, okay, th- this is in this day, though. Right? This is this day, right? So, so people felt when they would come to worship, they felt like they had to have it all together. Uh, that, that they had to have or at least show no struggles, right, in your life. No struggles in your family life. No hurts. That's what they had to kind of show. So, so the house of God back then became a place where it just wasn't safe for the broken. But then Jesus enters the scene. Jesus enters this scene and he challenges all of this, man. He challenges it all. He wants authentic worship. He says to worship in spirit and in truth. Authenticity, not not pretend like you got it all together. Instead of observing rules and, and rituals, he wants a real relationship. And instead of acting more righteous than you really are, he wants brokenness. Brokenness. We're going to look at a, a story in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. It's a beautiful story um, that I want to share with you today. Um, Jesus, let me give you some context. Jesus, he was invited over to the house of Simon the Pharisee. Okay, Simon the Pharisee. It was uh, Simon's religious duty to invite the visiting rabbi over to his house for something to eat. So Jesus comes over to his house, but for Simon... His heart really wasn't in it, okay? It just wasn't. Uh, he, he really didn't care to welcome Jesus the right way. Simon doesn't even greet him in the proper way that he was supposed to. Back then when you would greet people at your home, you'd give them a kiss or a kiss on the hand to greet him. And Simon doesn't do that. When it was time to eat, Simon didn't wash Jesus' feet, which was in this day the minimum thing you would do for a guest as they arrived to your home. If you wanted to honor your guest, you would provide some olive oil to, olive oil to anoint their head. A very inexpensive gesture, but a hospitable one. And, and Simon, he, he doesn't do any of that. So Simon's there. Jesus is there. There's a bunch of awkward in between them, right? Okay. And then something happens. Here's here's what's going on in Luke chapter 7, verses 37 through 38. Here's what it says. When when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he, that is Jesus, was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him, that's Jesus, at his feet, weeping. What does that mean? Broken broken. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. So 
quick culture context for you, okay? In this day, allowing uh, for, a, for a girl or a female to allow uh, your hair down in this culture was something, listen, you would never do in public ever. You would never do this. You would only do something like that behind closed doors when you're alone or with your spouse because it was a sign of complete vulnerability and intimacy. It was a really big deal. This woman was a known prostitute who just entered the house. People would have started to get just a little uncomfortable with that when she walked in. She would have never in a thousand years been invited to this party, okay? She would, have avoided, she would have avoided places like this because, listen, people talk and people throw away broken things. Why was she there? Perhaps, perhaps she heard of something that Jesus taught and maybe thought to herself, he might be the only place I can come with my brokenness to be made whole again. Simon the Pharisee would have seen her as someone who's just another throwaway. The people definitely would have seen her as broken beyond repair. But Jesus sees something different. Because listen, when Jesus sees broken, he sees beautiful. When Jesus sees broken, he sees beautiful. God puts a premium on broken things, especially broken people. And even though, even though she would have felt the stares of condemnation all around her, still she walks into this house. This woman was courageous. She was courageous. What does that mean? The uh, original word courageous comes from the Latin cur or cor, C-O-R, cor, which is the word for heart. In Spanish, it's corazón. So courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. So to be able to share and show your whole heart and all of the broken pieces laid out for all to see was what it truly meant to be courageous. But courage this woman must have had to bear her brokenness for all to see. Now understand this really clearly. This was not a plea post on social media. Okay, this was not some attempt to, to just post something randomly uh, in hopes to get some, some likes and replies from people she may or may not even know. And even though we do that in our culture today, and even though it feels kind of good for that moment to get a few likes and a few praying for you and so sorry about that, even though for that moment it feels good, you got to get this, you got to understand, it doesn't last. Because that is a superficial, pseudo form of connection with people. It will not last, which means we need to keep posting about it all the time. And we can't get enough. But this woman was willing to own her story in front of others just to request a real moment with Jesus. And listen, in that real person request is a real bid for connection. She was courageous. 
It was a real bid for connection that you cannot get on a social media platform. You just can't. And this is what you saw in Rachel today. Real courage. In Luke 7, in this story, Jesus sees this woman with with eyes of compassion and he sees her brokenness as as beautiful. Simon the Pharisee doesn't see this and Jesus rebukes him through a, a story illustration. And then he looks to her and he says, your sins are forgiven and your faith has saved you. Now real quick, if you're watching online or if you're here with us today, think about this for a moment, rhetorical question. Which person would you rather be in this story? Simon? The well-respected spiritual leader that has a nice house in a nice neighborhood with a great reputation. Or the woman, a prostitute, broken mess, but experiences the real love of Jesus in a deep, intimate way. Don't answer out loud. Just think about it. You want to know the truth? In our culture today, we want both. We want both. Our culture wants to be well-respected, have it all together, and keep our problems behind closed doors and smile in public. Right? We don't want anyone to know that we just yelled at our kids on the way to church kind of thing, right? But we also want to experience The love and grace of God in a deep and real way. But understand, it doesn't work that way. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you want to be made whole, you must first be broken. If you want to be made whole, you must first be broken. Now listen, I don't know a lot about horses, except for that they're just majestic creatures, right? They're beautiful But here's what I do know about horses. Horses need to be broken before they can be ridden. And God has a process as well that if you want to be made whole, if you want to stretch your capacity for God, you must first be broken. Let me give you a couple of verses. Psalm 51 verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is what? is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Psalm 34, 18, Rachel mentioned it. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So lean in, listen. That means this. There is no way to wholeness except through the door marked broken. There's no other way to wholeness except through that door that you've been avoiding, that door marked broken. So so, so let me go ahead and say what all of us, and if you're watching online as well, what all of us already know. Ready? Everyone is broken. Secrets out. Okay? Everyone is broken. And if you're listening here, if you're sitting here or listening online and you're thinking, well, I'm not broken, guess what? You're the most broken. Okay? You're the most broken. The Bible says it in a bunch of different ways. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. What does that mean? Everybody's broken. 
Everybody's broken. So let's, let's be set free today from the, at least that part of it, okay? Let's be set free and repeat after me. I am broken. Let's go one more time. I am broken. I am broken. Yes, everybody on the planet is broken. So my kids, uh, they, they love playing uh, hide and seek. Uh, they play with each other and they play with the neighbor kids. It is a classic game. It goes way back, okay? Um, hide and seek is so, so fun to play. And as kids, uh, if you see this in your own kids, as kids, uh, when they play hide and seek, they go and they physically hide, okay, until someone finds them. But as they get older, do you notice this? As they get older, it seems that they want to hide other things. They hide their feelings. They hide their thoughts. They hide their actions. They hide their cell phones, right? And every parent and grandparent listening today, they all want to know, what is really going on in the hearts of our kids and grandkids. But from a young age, it's like we begin the practice of acting and pretending and putting on a face. Lest anyone know how we really feel or what we've gone through all, all of the broken pieces in our life. And so today, most of us live at our days in hiding, hoping no one will find us out. Fake it till we make it. Pretending. Why? Listen, write this down. Listen, because we feel we need to be filtered to be accepted. You and I feel that we need to be filtered to be accepted. That's the world we're in. That's the tension you feel. That's the stress and anxiety you and I feel that we need to be filtered to be accepted. It's not like, you know, brokenness is something that the world wants to aspire to. It's not like you put broken on your resume, right? So the problem isn't that we're broken because all of us are. Listen, the problem is that we hide it. We filter it. We edit it down. We take a hundred pictures just to post the right one even though it's not the real situation. Why do we do that? Okay, it goes all the way back to the beginning. God created man and woman, Adam and Eve. Then they disobeyed and sinned into the world. And here's what happened in that moment. Genesis 3, 7 through 8, real quick. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they, here it is, hid from the Lord God among the trees. See, listen, when sin entered the world, the very first thing they did was hide and cover themselves. Adam and Eve played hide and seek with God as a result of sin. And since then, come on now, come on, since then we've become masters, experts at hide and seek. 
we've gotten really good at hiding our brokenness because what God created, sin distracted. We hide it by numbing it in so many different kinds of ways. So we find ourselves drinking a glass of wine, eating ice cream and Oreos, and binge-watching Netflix. Come on. But we all know that Netflix has no net gain for our life. And as a result, we've become the most in debt, obese, addicted, and medicated adult cohort in human history. And we wonder why things don't feel right. And we wonder why we can't increase our capacity for God and feel like He's near and feel more of Jesus. See, and that's what we see in the story in Luke 7. We see hiding. Simon the Pharisee is sitting there thinking she should be embarrassed when really he should be. Simon doesn't acknowledge that he's broken. He hides it and he hides it really, really well. And Jesus, he knows that he's broken and he rebukes Simon listening. Listen. He rebukes him for pretending not to be. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Why did he rebuke him for that? For for pretending not to be? Listen, write this down. Because God is not going to have a relationship with the person you're pretending to be. God is not going to have a relationship with the person you're pretending to be. Listen. That person doesn't exist. The reason you may be here today or watching online feeling distant from God might be because you're hiding. You're pretending to be someone you're not. You're striving to look right, sound right, and be right when you just need to be real. Stop trying to be right and start being real. The only way You're going to experience the real love of God is by being the real you. That's who God created. That's who God loves. And everyone here today, and all of you who are watching online, we all have a broken story. And we want you to know this here at Grace, that we see you. We see you. We want you to know that you're not alone, that we're all broken, that no matter who you are, what you've done or what's been done to you, that you are welcome here and God loves you. James gives a great instruction on how to make a step toward this. He actually mentions it. He says this, James 5 verse 16, he says, confess your sins to one another. What is sins? Your brokenness to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. We need to own our story by telling our story to one another. Listen, my name is Miguel. I'm broken. I come from a broken family life. My childhood childhood was filled with trips to the welfare office and a father who abused me. I am broken. We got to stop hiding God is, Jesus is the light of the world. We need to come out. We can't allow our shame to overcome us, the shame of our our brokenness. Who do you need to tell your story to today? 
Not your social media followers. That's not what I'm talking about. But a trusted person in your life that has, one, earned the right for you to tell your story to. And two, can bear the weight of your story. Who is that person? Tell them. Why? Because, listen, shame cannot survive being spoken. Shame cannot survive being spoken. It's the old saying, we are as sick as our secrets. Shame grows and thrives in silence and in secrecy. It cannot survive being spoken, especially being spoken and met with empathy. Real connection with someone. So you don't have to hide. Why? Because you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. The good news of the gospel is that we are made whole because he was broken for us. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins, broken. He was beaten so that we could be whole and he was whipped so that we could be healed. He was broken broken for us so that we could be made whole. There's a ceramic restoration process called kintsugi. Kintsugi. It originated in Japan in the 1500s. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together. And instead of hiding the cracks, the cracks are highlighted and laced with gold. Afterward, the pottery is stronger and actually of more value than it was before it was broken. It's built on the idea that in embracing flaws and imperfections, you can create an even stronger, more beautiful piece of art. What if today, today was the day that we offered up our broken pieces into the potter's hand, God's hand. So during this next song, I want to ask that you remain seated and think about the fact that God, in his love, grace, and mercy, can take the broken, fragmented pieces of our life and make them new. <laughs>